Amen. Now, why don't you take that word and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're gonna, that's where we're going to go here in just a little bit. But I'm excited about it being Father's Day today. And I, and I said, you know, a lot of times, those of you that have been part of uh, this fellowship for a long time, a lot of times you'll find that just because it's a holiday, I don't always just preach on the holiday stuff. If we're in the middle of a series or if God's given me something else, that's what I'm going to give you. But today I want to talk with you about the Father's heart. Say that, the Father's heart. Many of us have had, we, have, we all have biological fathers, and many of us, you know, may have had um, not too good fathers. Maybe, many of us may have been raised in households that the father was absentee. We're reaching a point where we're all over 50% of society uh, are, are living in divorce situations where the fathers are not part of the home. They're not there. Many of us may have had fathers that, that were absentee fathers that weren't there, that maybe didn't go to ball games or didn't show up or never picked you up on a weekend or wasn't there for you when, when you won a certain award or things to that nature. You know, and I, I am sorry about that. I, 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 I really, um, you don't have a choice with family you're born into, Right? Whether you live here or you live in Cuba or whether you live in Africa or where you're born, you don't have that choice. That's up to the sovereign God. And many of us may have had fathers that, that were good. My father was a good man. He, was, he provided for our family. He did many good things. He showed me to live a life that is good. I didn't say godly because he wasn't a godly man. And I don't say this with any disrespect towards my father. I want you to understand that. I'm, I'm not disrespecting him in any way. But my father gave his life to Christ the week before he went home to be with Christ. And I, I want you to realize and understand that sometimes we have fathers that hurt us. Sometimes we have fathers where we can feel guilt or shame. But I want you to know that you have a heavenly father that loves you. You have a heavenly Father that no matter what you've done, He cares about you and He wants you are on your Father's heart. And I want to talk a little bit about the Father's heart today. Uh, Proverbs and, and Jerry we did a wonderful job of, 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 of articulating this about us all dealing with everything no matter how old we are. Proverbs 27.10, I want us to look at that scripture real quick, but stay in Matthew. I'll have her put it up. Proverbs 27.10, it says, For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. And you may have had a father or a mother that may have forsaken you, but I'm here to tell you, the Lord will take you up. You know, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I have a heavenly father. I have a biological father, but now I have a heavenly father. And I want you to know that, that, that I'm not perfect. And my Heavenly Father knows that I'm not perfect, but He still loves me. Whoo, hallelujah. Praise God for a Heavenly Father. I, I, I am thankful for that. I did have an earthly father that loved me very much. And I was very thankful for that. And he's gone home to be with the Lord, and I'm going to see him again someday. Amen? But if you're at Matthew chapter 6, I want us to look at some things and... Jesus was talking about some different issues. He was talking about giving to the needy. He was talking about prayer. He talked about fasting. But I want us to focus on verses 6 through 15. So whatever version I want you to just read, I'm reading out of the New American Standard updated version, and, and whatever version I, you got, I want you just to follow along with me. I'm going to start at verse 6. And Jesus was saying, when you pray, he says, go into the inner room, close your door, and pray to your 
Father who is in secret. Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I want to stop right there a minute. If you'll look at me, I want you to know that your Father sees things and your Father is a rewarder. Say, my Father's a rewarder. He's going to give you, you know, when you do good things, guess what? He's going, to, he's going to allow scholarships to come your way. Come on, somebody. He's going to begin to open up things. He's going to begin to open up the floodgates of heaven and allow you to be overtaken. Amen? So we have a father. The heart of the father is, the heart of the father is this. He wants to reward you. I've got a father that wants to reward me. Whew. And some of you may have been from a family I was very tight. Our family was 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 very frugal my mother was a very frugal lady with her money and she had to be she was brought up in a time and an era and and i'm thinking about some older eras that have those of you that have may have gone through the depression you learned the value of money where sometimes maybe we don't know the value of money now but my parents knew the value of money i mean when we had uh holidays or, or birthdays it was you know we didn't get 45 gifts Christmas, we didn't have seven different families to go to, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, we, we, we have, in a blended family, you, you come home and the child's got 72 gifts. You know, you can put them away sometimes. And, and whether you're even not in a blended family, I mean, there just seemed to be an abundance and people try to substitute giving a gift for the lack of time that they've spent with you. So a lot of times we, we didn't have a lot of gifts. I remember one Christmas where they said, you know what? There's going to be one gift. We're like, that's okay, that's cool. didn't matter because we had something more. We had family, we had love. There was a lot of love in our household. So there wasn't a lot of reward, amen? But see, I was, at that time, I might have been looking for a natural reward from a natural father. But according to what Jesus is saying, that we've got a, a heavenly father, and we need to get a spiritual reward, Amen? And it may manifest in the natural over different things in your life. The, 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 the heart that, that Melissa has and God now turning that and, and, and taking the desire that's in her heart and bringing that to pass, I believe, is, is because of her obedience. Amen? So we see that in verse 6, that we have a Father that, that will reward you. So as you see the heart of the Father here, the next few minutes, I want us to look at this. Jesus says in verse 7, when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows He does care for you, what you need before you ask. <laughs> now all I know is that my earthly Father didn't always know what I needed before I would ask. But my Heavenly Father knows what I need before I ask Him. And Jesus said to pray this way, Let's say this out loud. Let's verses, what, 9 through, through 13, and some of you may know it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom of power and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, you know, as we begin to look at this and we realize that, that this is our Father who is in heaven, the heart of the Father that is in heaven, He says His kingdom, He wants His kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. He wants His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our Father. He also says, you know, give us our daily bread. 
I don't know about you, but if we really want to get down to it, none of us are really hungry here this morning. You, you might have gone without breakfast. You may not have even eaten last night. Some of you that may be fasting through this period of time. But when it really gets down to it, you're getting some food. Amen? And God is taking care of our daily bread. It might be manna. But there's going to be a time where after you've had manna for so long and you move into the promised land, it'll be milk and honey. Amen? It'll be some good stuff, you know? Not that the manna wasn't good. It was good. It provided for them. It gave them nutrition. It kept them them healthy. And and the thing about it is it provided their needs daily. And even on Saturday, or, or, or actually I believe it was probably on Friday because the Sabbath was on Saturday, and they, they got two helpings of it. They couldn't store it. They couldn't keep it. The Israelites couldn't keep it. It wouldn't last an extra day. They couldn't put some in their pocket. They couldn't set some back and say, well, I'll have a little bit today and I'm going to have a double portion tomorrow because it would not be any good. But there was a day when they, before the Sabbath that they would get two portions of that manna and then it would last for those couple of days. So God wants to take care of our daily bread. We see the heart of the Father. In verse 12, he says, and forgive us our debts, or, or some version is forgive us our trespasses, so we forgive those who trespass against us. But God wants to forgive us of our debts, amen, as we forgive our debtors. And he says, lead us not in temptation. God doesn't want to lead you into temptation. Listen to me. God's not tempting you with stuff. God's not putting a beautiful girl walking by and saying, can you handle that? That's not God. That's not Jehovah God. That's the God of this age. That's Satan. All right? God's not going to tempt you to do evil. Come on. You've got to get this. God's not going to tempt you to do evil. He's not going to tempt you to do that. But he says in verse 14, he says, If you forgive others their transgression, there it is. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. <laughs> so we have a heart of a Father who is a forgiving Father. Whew! Praise God to God. My Daddy, thank you, Daddy, for forgiving me. Because I have goofed up, I have messed up. The Bible says I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I want you to know that i got a heavenly Father that is willing to forgive me. And He's willing, when I forgive others, guess what? He forgives me. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Praise you, Daddy. Thank you, Dad. We appreciate that, Dad. When I mess up, I can confess, I can repent. And repent means to turn from it, not just get a little grace to last you till the next time you do it. But it means to turn from it. So I've got a father that, that, that won't hold it against me. Oh, come on, somebody. Won't hold it against me. That's, that's my heavenly father. He says, if you forgive others their transgression, your heavenly father will also forgive you. <laughs> but verse 15, it says, but if you don't forgive others, then your father won't forgive you. I want you to know that your father loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, your father loves you. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, your father loves you. I mean, just as a true father relates to his children, our heavenly father wants to relate to us. When we have an experience with him, when we fellowship with him, when we spend time with him, man, he, he will bond to you. I mean, there will be just such a bonding that will take place when you begin to experience him. I mean, one way we experience God is through the voice of God. We begin to, to have and, and know that God speaks in many ways. Did you know that? God does speak today. He's not silent. It's not the dark ages where they said, you know, God isn't, he's on his throne and he's just not saying nothing to nobody. He's not speaking to the church. God is not only speaking to the church. That, that is us that are born again believers. He's wanting to speak to you today. 
Hello? Not just through the prophetic voice that came forth through, through Prophet Virginia, but I want you to know that God wants to speak to you today, and you can begin to hear the voice of God. How, do, how does God speak to us, Pastor? How, how does he speak to us? I don't understand how, how God can speak to us. I'm glad you asked that. There's one way that God can speak to us, I know, and he speaks to us through creation. Say, through creation. God speaks to us through creation. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God. The heavens are telling of the glory of God. And their expanse is declaring the works of his hands. Man, that, that gets me excited when I start thinking about that. I'm talking about what God created, the heavens and the earth. And the heavens are saying, look at the glory of God. Creation is saying, look at the glory of God. This is God's glory. This is his splendor. In Psalms 97, 6, it says, The heavens declare his righteousness. I think about the heavens are declaring his righteousness. There's a scripture that says, If you don't praise God, the rocks will cry out to him. Creation, the creation. They're, they're going to cry out to God. They're, 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 they're having and telling the glory of God, and they're declaring his righteousness. And it says, The people see his glory. You've got to begin to look at the glory of God. The Hebrew word is kabod. It's a weighty, it's a hefty glory. I know in Genesis, you know, Moses said, God, show me your glory. And God said, I'll show you my goodness. You see the goodness of God, you'll see, also see the glory of God. Amen. You've got a father, a heavenly father that loves you. He cares for you. He wants you to have good things. He wants good things to take place in your life. He wants to lavish good things upon you. And I, I realize and understand that, God, we can see you through your creation. But let me give you another way that we can see God or see ways that God speaks to us. Number one is it's through creation, but number two is through the Bible. Say, through the Bible. Through God's Word. God will speak to us through His Word. God will speak to us. I mean, when you read and you study His Word, the Holy Spirit will begin to move, and you'll begin to apply some things. God will apply these things to us, and we'll walk in a different way. So He not only shows Himself through creation, He also shows Himself through the Bible. Not only does he show himself through the Bible, but how many of you know that God will show himself through people? He'll do that. He'll show himself through people. And I began to start thinking about the different people. I think about those, those prophetic words that come forth that people will speak into your life and, and they'll speak the oracles of God. They'll hear from the Heavenly Father and they'll begin to speak forth in the earth realm what's taking place. But also, not only that, but he'll, he'll speak through loving parents. God will speak to you through loving parents. They'll nudge you. They'll say, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, God will speak through those loving parents. He might speak through ministers, gospel of the pre preachers of the gospel. He might speak through me to be able to speak into your life. How about godly community leaders? I mean, you know what? God will speak through people. He'll speak through people, listen, that you don't even like. He'll speak through them to you, and you'll be going, ooh, what is that? I began to start thinking in, in Samuel where, where, where David had, had, um, he had slept with Bathsheba. She had gotten pregnant and, and Uriah was her husband and he was on the battlefield and, and David brought Uriah in and he was trying to get him to sleep with his wife and, 
uh, Uriah to sleep with his wife after David had already slept with her. And, and then, you know, that didn't work because Uriah honored David the king. And he said, no, I'm not even going to sleep with my wife because all these guys are out here at battle. And you got me back home and you think I should be eating and drinking and having a good time here. When I, No, no, I'm, I'm, you don't understand. I'm, I'm a warrior and I should be with my crew and my posse, my homeboys, whatever you want to call it nowadays. They're out there on the battlefield. And, 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 and Uriah is going, I should be out there. In fact, I am not going home to my wife. I'm going to sleep at the doorstep of the king because all I'm waiting is the king to open the door and say, Uriah, get back to war. So he slept at the doorstep of the king, and David sent him off. He sent him to the front lines to get him killed. So David, you know, messed up. He not only committed adultery and fornication, and, and, then, he, and then he sent Uriah off, and, and he committed murder. Are you with me? So Nathan, the prophet, speaks to him. And God spoke through Nathan the prophet. And he says, you know what? He gives him this example of this, this, this lamb. And, 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 Nathan, and, Nathan, and David is going, oh my word, that's not right. That's wrong. And Nathan says, you're that man. You're the one. So God can speak through his people. He can speak through the prophetic word. Another way that God can speak to you is through circumstances. Say circumstances. Oh, come on. We've all been through difficult circumstances. And, you know, sometimes we just don't want to hear the voice of God. No, don't tell me. I don't want to hear you, God. I don't even want to talk to you. You don't know what I'm going through, God. Don't you see? I'm going through some stuff. And God said, yeah, and you're going to go through some more stuff if you don't get over this one. Yeah, I'm going around the mountain. God says, guess what? You got a couple more laps. A couple more laps unless you can finally get your old pride off or anger or whatever it might be until you deal with these issues. You may get to go through them again. So we see God is always working behind the scenes. Romans 8, 28 is a scripture that you can use for that. He's always working behind the scenes. He'll work through circumstances. Listen, he'll work through not only bad circumstances, but he'll work through good circumstances. We've got to see God through some good circumstances. He'll teach us principles. He'll teach us precepts in his word. So God will work through circumstances. Say circumstances. So we know that God not only works through creation, the Bible, through people, through circumstances. And I want you to know this. If you're born again, God will speak to you personally. Personally. Will it be an audible voice? Might be. Will it be an impression in your heart? Might be. An impression in your mind? Might be. There's ways that God speaks to us. But when you become born again, He'll speak to you personally. He'll speak to you personally. And here's what He says. When God speaks to us, there's a scripture that I want us to, to, to get and realize and understand. And it's John 10, 27. And I have her put this up. And let's read this out loud. Ready? Read. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. See, Jesus said, my sheep are going to what? Hear my voice. You're going to hear the voice of God. You're going to know that it's God. Listen, if it's loving, if it's tender, if it's kind. I was thinking about when Susan, you know, uh, the last gathering that we were at, that, you know, God had, had said it was a loving voice of God. Guess what? God speaks to you in a loving voice. And you might say, well, you know, I hear God. Why do I hear God? I, I might hear him in my own voice. Well, that's probably the voice of God. Because I'm not going to hear the voice of God, you know, and it might be Sheldon. Sheldon speaking to me. Most of the time, it's going to be sound like me. Are you with me? It's going to sound like me. Because I'm familiar with my voice. I hear my voice. So, you know, God will begin to speak to you. 
and, and he'll, you'll hear his voice. And I want to be able to hear the voice of God. I mean, do you realize that God, God is a father and he chooses to fellowship with you? He wants to fellowship with you? I mean, I think about Adam and Eve. He, he fellowshiped with, with Adam in the garden. And, and I begin to think about the times where they were waiting, and the, the Bible says in the cool of the morning, they're waiting there to fellowship with God. And God enjoyed fellowshipping with Adam. And I want you to know this. God enjoys fellowshipping with you. He enjoys talking to you. He enjoys having time with you. He enjoys speaking to you. He enjoys you listening to him. And he enjoys listening to you. Can I get an amen? I mean, you'll have that voice. That'll be, that'll be a voice of, uh, of a loving father. I mean, a powerful father. There's a times where I hear the voice of God and it's a correcting chastising and i don't discount it because i'm like okay dad you're right there was one time where you know you, you go to a little you're a small child and you go into the kitchen and mom's just got through cooking and and the stove is hot and my dad said boy you go in that kitchen but i'm telling you stay away from that stove i didn't go <laughs> he's being mean to me <laughs> like many of us do when you hear the voice of god it might be, boy, <laughs> I told you not to do this. Or when you go in there, keep your hand off the stove because he doesn't want me to get burned. My father loved me so much that he put aside whatever he was doing and he said, I don't want you to get burned, Eric. When you go in the kitchen, the stove is hot. And we didn't have lights. And we didn't have infrared things. And we didn't have all sorts of technology that goes off. You know what I mean? I mean, you didn't really know sometimes the burner was hot until you put your hand on it. Because you didn't have a little light that says, surface hot. You didn't have a little voice that says, back away from the oven. <laughs> you know, technology nowadays, I mean, <laughs> we got all sorts of stuff that'll tell us all sorts of stuff when it's done, when it's not done, when it needs to be turned and changed, and, you know, all sorts of things that technology will do today. A loving, a loving voice. My heavenly Father, a loving voice saying, Eric, I love you. And when he speaks, you need to listen to his message. When the prophetic words come forth, you need to, you need to listen to his, his message. We need to hold on to the voice of God. We need to begin to start understanding this. And this is real important. This is real important. Because there's a scripture, and I was, I was looking it up, and it was 1 Timothy 1.18. See, because God will speak forth something. And the prophetic word that came forth that this was a summer of hope, some of you are going to need to hold on to that tomorrow. Some of you are going to need to grab that word and say, you know what, this is a summer of hope, no matter what's coming against me now. Things are going to change, and it's going to be the fall situation, that things are going to begin to shift, things are going to begin to change. It's a time when God is burning, the fire of God is burning, then just let it burn. Let that stuff in you that's not of God, just let it burn. Turn to your neighbor and say, let it burn. Turn to your other neighbor and say, let it burn. And some of you might say, well, it's not burning yet. Well, you might need to start fanning that baby. <laughs> Get that baby out. Get that coal going. Amen. Let that thing burn. Say, God, burn it all up within me. We've got a heavenly father that loves us very much. Paul told Timothy this. He said, this I command and entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you might fight the good fight of faith. 
Those prophecies that are coming forth, you need to be able to look back at them. If some of you have gotten some prophetic words, go back, listen to them, and understand that it's for you to fight the good fight. Well, why do we have to fight? I just want to sit back and take it easy. That word fight is a war term. Fight the good fight of faith. Not the bad fight of faith. The good fight of faith means I'm going to win. Say, I win. You're going to win. You're going to win. And you've got a heavenly Father that wants you to win. You've got a heavenly Father that's in your corner. But you don't understand, Pastor. You don't understand the situation that I've been in. You don't understand the parents that I've had. And you don't understand the different things that I went through. Well, here's what I do understand. Some of you may have grown up in the midst of turmoil. Some of you may have had parents that made you feel humiliated. Some of you may have had parents that made you feel down. They made you, belittled you. They may have said some things. But I want you to understand when we look at Isaiah 54.4, this scripture is for you. And here's what it says. It says, fear not, for you will not be put to shame. And do not feel humiliated. He says, for you will not be disgraced. But you will forget the shame of your youth. Maybe we've done some things. Maybe you did some stupid things when you were a youth. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. I can say that because I have done some things. It doesn't condone what I've done. It doesn't make what I've done right. But you've got to get over it. Hey. AP headline. Your heavenly Father has gotten over it. You should too. <laughs> Bulletin. Get over it. But here's a scripture that you can hold on to. And you look at this scripture and it says, Do not feel humiliated. You will not be disgraced. But you will forget the shame of your youth. See, the Father's heart is what we're talking about. The heart of the Father is to bring restoration. Oh, come on. The heart of the Father is to bring healing. The heart of the Father is to bring victory. That's the heart of the Father. Look at Isaiah 54, 10. I'll have her put it up. It says, For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you. And my covenant of peace... <laughs> will not be shaken, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Say, my father loves me. Turn to your neighbor and say, my father loves me. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, my father loves me. Tell him, say, I am loved by my father. You know, no matter what you do, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've been involved with, no matter what sin you've committed, transgression, iniquity, no matter what's taken place in your life, I want you to know that you have a heavenly Father. Hey, this is good news today. I'm going to shout it from the rooftop that you have a heavenly Father that loves you. Woo! Hallelujah! But you don't understand. I have, I've done some bad stuff. Well, guess what? You don't understand. He still loves you. He may not like what you do. <laughs> as, as, a, as, a, as an earthly biological father, I may not like what my children do. But I still love them. He still loves you. Say that. He still loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he still loves you. He still loves you. Why don't you tell, <laughs> why don't you tell yourself, God loves me. Go ahead, say it again. Say it again. Come on, say it again. 
So some of you got to have this today. Some of you have thought the enemy has beat you up so many different times and said that you're unworthy, you're not lovable, but you're lovable. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're lovable. And God loves you. And you got, you got to say, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. My mama and daddy, they may not love me, but God loves me. Amen? My sister, my brother, they may not love me, but God loves me. Amen? I got an aunt and an uncle, they may not love me, but God loves me. Amen? You got a heavenly father that loves you. No matter where you're at, no matter what situation you're dealing with, God loves you. That's the heart of the father. That's what we're talking about here today. That's what you're giving me a few minutes to speak into your life. Today is the heart of the father. Let's look at a couple scriptures. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I'm going to just look at a couple of scriptures here real quick in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. See, the Father loves us before we're able to return His love. There was a time that you didn't love God, you didn't know God, and He loved you even before then. Amen? Romans chapter 5, verse 6. You have a Father that loves you even before you were able to return His love to Him. You have a Father that loves you even before you were able to realize, God, you do love me. And I love you back. And Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says, For while we were still helpless, <laughs> at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Hey, don't think you're, more all, you're all that. Because there was a time in your life where you were ungodly. <laughs> yeah. I know that's hard to believe by some of you, but it's true. The Father loves you, and He loved us before we were even worthy. You're not worthy outside of Christ, but in Christ you are worthy. Outside of Christ, you're filthy rags. You're a sinner. Inside of Christ, you're born again. You're holy. You're righteous. Are you with me? The old has passed away. The new has come. Now you're a believing, a believer that sins. Hello? Look at verse 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. See the heart of the Father there? God demonstrates his own love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us <laughs> check that out the heart of the father the heart of the father the true heart of the father that while you were helpless at the right time he sent christ to die for the ungodly the true heart of the father that says that he demonstrates his love i mean this is a verb this is an act that he is actually doing he's going to show you how much i love you that while we were sinners while we were separated from god he sent his son Jesus to die for us. I think about that and I think, what a big heart my daddy's got. What a big heart my daddy's got. The other scripture I want us to look at is verse 10. The father loves us while we are still hating him. Can you believe that? He loves us while we're still hating him. Why well, I didn't hate God. Well, all I want you to know is that even in Romans 8, 7, it says, the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile towards God. 
There was a time where my mind was set on the flesh, and there was a time where your mind was set on the flesh too, and it was hostile towards God. Whether you wanted it to be or not, it was. But look at verse 10, Romans 5.10. It says, For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. And how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved by His life? That's the heart of our Father. See, we belong to one of these three categories. One of these three categories we belong to. We've been helpless, we've been sinners, we've been enemies of God. But I want you to know that in the middle of you being helpless, in the middle of you being in your sin, in the middle of of you being an enemy of God, you had a Father that loved you in the midst of your mess. That's good news here today. In the midst of your mess, you have a Father that loves you. In the midst of it. I want you to know here today that you are on the Father's heart. Am I really? I didn't know I was even on the radar screen. I thought I was up in the corner. No, I want you to know that you're on the Father's heart. He loves you and He cares for you. And He longs to be with you and He longs to fellowship with you. And the concerns that you have are His concerns. Amen? And the things that are on your mind are on His heart. Amen? And the things that are on your heart are on His heart. The issues with your home, the issue with your kids, the issue with your job, the issue with money or finances or relationships, it's on the Father's heart. Woo! You're on the daddy's heart. I'm on my daddy's heart. My daddy loves me. My daddy cares for me. I'm on his heart. Oh, man, come on, somebody. It just gets me. I don't preach myself happy even if y'all aren't. Amen? That's the father's heart. This is his heart. Let me say this. You need to hear your heavenly father's voice. I want to ask you today, when was the last time you heard from God? When was the last time you heard from God? Many of you here are going, I don't know if I've ever heard from God. Are you making yourself available to Him? Are you cutting out some time? Are you setting aside some time in the busyness of our day? Are we making ourselves available? Dad, you got an instant messenger coming to me. Dad, you got my cell phone. Dad, text me. Dad, call me up. He doesn't need no phone line. He doesn't even need no satellite. Amen? Are you making yourself available to him? Listen to this. Are you cultivating your listening skills? Are you trying to hone them, make them sharp? Are you sharpening them? Will you begin to crawl out of your comfortable place? Will you begin to step out of that place where you can't hear God into a place where you can hear God, where you can begin to hear his stories? And his stories will begin to change your life. The, the, him, him talking to you will begin to motivate you. Him talking to you will begin to, to shape and to mold you. Him talking to you will begin to electrify your life. And you'll come out of the closet. You'll, you'll come out of your secret place. You'll come out of the time that you are with God and say, I, I'm energized. I'm refreshed. I, I'm, I'm excited about that. When you grow in your relationship with Christ, you grow in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. When we begin to experience God and you're born again, you're a newborn creature, you become a son of God. You become a son of God. And see, a lot of times we look at it and we're like, wait a minute, I don't realize that that is your father. You are his son. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, I'm going to finish quoting this scripture and wrap some things up today, but 
It says this, and I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and be daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons. You'll be my daughters. When you, when you look at that word sons, it, it means to, of origin of descent. It means a personal relationship. See, in the English language, we just have a word son or sons. It's one word. But in the Greek, when you look at it, the sons of God, there's four different levels. There's, there's paedion or nepios, which is like an infant. And then there's paedion, which is like a toddler. And then there's technon, which is like a youth or, or beginning to mature in the things of God. And listen, the last one is weos. Weos. And that, anytime you see in the scriptures and it talks about Jesus Christ being the Son of God, the Son of Man, it's the weos. And that means more mature. That means the fullness. There's a son that's in the fullness. But, I, I mean, I want you to know, they're, they're in the natural. Anybody in here adopted? Anybody been adopted? Anybody? In the natural. You're adopted. And I mean, your rights are probably more as being an adopted son than they are being a natural son. And we are adopted. That's why we can say, Abba, Father. It's an adoption. Oh, come on, somebody. You're a son of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus. Since I heard sometime, one time a preacher say, well, you know what? When the devil comes to my door, I just turn and say, Jesus, answer the door. You got the same rights. You got the same privileges. I wish you could, I wish you could study out the blessing of the firstborn. Because you're the firstborn. And we, we, we are a direct offspring of God. <laughs> I'm telling you. You might have biological DNA. But when you're born again, you got G-O-D DNA. Amen? Things change. You become an, a new creature, a new species of being. And you can begin to walk out of some things. And you can begin to walk into things of God. Remember, God loves us like a daddy. Not just like... A daddy loves another child, another person. But like Jesus talked about it in chapter 17. But the way Father loved Jesus, they became one. And Jesus said, I become one with you, Father, so the, and, and the, so the world will know that you sent me. John 17, 21. I want you to think about this. You, you have a heavenly Father. Hey, He won't let you go. He won't give you more than you can handle, more than you can bear. And when He stretches us, we're, we're going to learn that our strength comes from Him. Come on. And not anything or anybody else. That your strength comes from Him only. He will not, He will not grow discouraged while you're working your salvation out. While you're walking through some issues, God will not grow discouraged. Your Heavenly Father is not going to be discouraged with you. Come on. He is able. He cares for us. He is presently working in your life. <laughs> He's presently working in your life. Don't give up. Don't you dare quit. Don't you stop moving forward. Don't you put it in neutral. 
You might have to go to low lock four wheel drive and just move through it. And then pretty soon you'll get out on the highway and you'll be able to shift it up to a two high and let it roll. But don't you quit. Don't you give up. God is always there. He is there. He loves you with a love that will not quit. And if you're honest with God and you'll keep loving Him and you'll, you'll walk in His way and you'll walk in His precepts, you will not fail. And when you fall down, He'll be there to get you back up. He'll say, continue to move forward. God has not quit planning good things for you. I want you to know, no matter what situation, hey, that you've been in, no matter what you're dealing with now, God is still the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to give you hope and a future, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. God's still making plans. That makes me happy right there. God's still planning some things out, even if I'm in the ditch. <laughs> God is still planning some stuff out. And I like the stuff when he plans it, Amen. He's not going to grow tired of you. He's not going to grow tired of you. You got to keep looking ahead. You got to keep walking forward. Well, you know what? The Bible says that you know them by their fruit. Hey, I want you to know you keep moving forward. The fruit's coming. You just keep moving and you keep hanging on to God and you keep believing and you keep confessing and you keep speaking and you keep living. And when you get knocked down, you get back up. Be like that little Fred Flintstone when I was a kid. I had one of them little Fred Flintstone punching bags. You know what I mean? First time I hit that thing, Mike, I was like, hey, that is good. Boom, hit me back. I guess that's when I learned how to wrestle. I couldn't box. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? When you continue to walk forward with the things of God, there is going to be fruit. The fruit is going to come. You may not be able to see it now because it's getting ready to bud out, but there's some things that are going to happen. The fruit is going to come as you continue to walk with Him because you, got a, uh, you serve a Father that has a big heart. And He loves you. I think about the love of God, and it breaks me down. That he loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Wow. Wow. God, you sent your son. My father was on, his, was on his deathbed one week before the Lord took him home. And he gave his life to Christ. And, in, and when, I, when, I, when I was administering the gospel of Jesus Christ to him, I said, Dad, God gave his son so you could live. I said, could you do that with my brother and I? And he looked at me and he said, no, I couldn't give your brother and you up. I said, but God loves you so much that he did. And because he did, we can spend eternity with him. My father accepted Christ that day. And this was on a Sunday. And on that Saturday, he went home to be with Jesus. It's okay. I know where he is. It hurts me on times like Father's Day, but you're going to get through it. You have a heavenly father, no matter what your earthly father did or didn't do. You have a heavenly father that loves you, that cares for you, that wants the best for you, that's trying to get good things to you, that's trying to get you to move forward, and they're trying to get you out of neutral, that's trying to get you into drive, trying to get you to move ahead. Move ahead. That's our father. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want the kingdom of God advanced in the earth. And that's what he's wanting. That's the heart of the Father. Will you stand to your feet this morning? What do you want to do, Lord? What do you want to do? Let me just pray for you. We, we have got...
some things for you today. The heart of the Father wants to bless you. Let me seal this word of God that we've spoken. Let me seal this to you. So I want you to know that when you go out of here, it doesn't matter if your mama don't like you or your daddy don't like you. You've got a heavenly Father that loves you. And love will always overtrump anything else. It's the love of God that brings a man to repentance. Let me just pray for you. Father, we ask you to seal this word to our hearts today. Father, put it in deep soil. Father, we just thank you for the blessing that has come upon this, this gathering here today. And God, Dad, thank you for loving me even when I didn't even love myself. Dad, thank you for loving me when I couldn't love others around me. Thank you for loving me when I was probably just buried in sin and, and, and dirt and darkness. Thank you for loving me when I started to walk my way out or climb out. And, and thank you for loving me when I fell back. Thank you for loving me when I have fallen short. Thank you for loving me when I disappointed. I felt I disappointed you, God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me, God, when I've made mistakes. Thank you for loving me when I've treated other people wrong. You still loved me and you treated me right. God, I thank you to seal this word to us. That we have a heavenly father that loves us and cares for us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give Father God a hand. Amen. He is worthy.